If you've experienced a DNA surprise, you know that your emotions can range from shock to denial to grief to anger to confusion to joy and around again. And sometimes it's hard to find people who understand this unique experience. Sometimes we feel a little stuck as we navigate this journey. That's why we created the DNA Surprise Retreat. At the DNA Surprise Retreat, you'll enjoy six expert-led sessions to help you process your DNA surprise. You'll eat delicious catered meals, and most importantly, you'll build beautiful friendships with people who understand you, all in a stunning private ranch facility in the Arizona desert. If you've had shocking DNA test results, know that you're not alone. This retreat is for you. Join us September 19th through the 22nd, 2024 in Phoenix, Arizona. Registration is open now. Reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there. Do I have his mannerisms? Do we have some of that same, like that's the piece, I think it's called genetic mirroring. Um, and like, so like when I went to dinner with my oldest sibling, we ordered the same thing, which was pretty cool. And she listens to Frank Sinatra. And I love Frank Sinatra. So it was cool with those pieces. But like, I would love to see like what he, what he walks like. Is he a righty? Does he like the same foods that I, that I like? Because genetics are so powerful, right? Like you probably see this with your children, right? And seeing like maybe some things with your mom. And, and I can see like with my nephew, I can see my brother and my nephew. I see my mother in my face, which is aggravating. So it's like, I wonder, do I have any of that of him? Imagine spitting into a tube, sending off your DNA and unknowingly turning your life upside down. For me and thousands of others, this is our reality. I'm your host, Alexis Auerselt. In July of 2021, I discovered that I am an NPE, someone who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. This podcast shares the journeys of people who were shocked by a DNA discovery, mostly through modern DNA testing. We're telling the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. This is DNA Surprises. Kristen had no idea her NPE was coming, let alone the secrets she'd uncover because of her DNA surprise. Not only did she discover that she is an NPE, she learned that her sister is too. In this week's episode... Kristen explains how she's worked through rejection from her found family and estrangement from her raised family. She also shares her own regret over taking the test in the first place. Thank you for sharing your story, Kristen. So my name is Kristen. I am 40, let's see, 41. And currently right now I live in North Carolina. I mean, it's just, I don't even know where to start. Um, it's so crazy. So I found out in 2017 and the reason I did was to find, again, I'm a family genealogist, so I wanted to know more about that piece. But also, um, I had an uncle that always lied about his military experience. So I was like, well, let me get on Ancestry and see what I can find out, right? Mm. And 
I wanted to connect like Italian and well, I thought it was German and Irish and I wanted to like, you know, like branch that back. So I'm like, okay, well, I'll do ancestry. And it, my father and I were on a road trip to New York and on the way back, I told him that I was going to do it. And he said to me, you know, people do that and they find out things they don't want to find out. I was like, oh dad, that's crazy. Stop it. And that just echoes in my ear. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was March of 2017. I ordered the kit in April and it sat on my desk for three months. And this is why I also mentioned denial because things I believe, I believe the truth is revealed to you when you need to know it. I haven't quite figured out why I know this, but that thing sat on my desk for about three months. I walked by it and I just had to spit in it. One day I'm like, all right. So I finally did it. I sent it off, I think in like July, June or July of that year. And my results came back in August. I didn't see the matches section. So I went right off of my just ethnicity, which was, you know, 20 something Irish, which made sense, a little bit of Italian. And I was 51% European Jewish. And I'm like, well, what the, what is that? Like, that's a religion. Like, right. <laughs> I'm so ignorant. I did not realize that, that was an ethnicity. I was raised Catholic. Mm. Um, and so like, I was around a lot of Jewish people growing up, but I, like, I didn't realize that was an ethnicity. I thought you were German, you're Italian, you're Irish, you're Polish, you're, you know, you're an able country. And so when I told everyone, they're like, well, that's how they must've lumped German in. And I'm like, nah, that doesn't really make sense, but mm, okay. And I just put it away, just put it to the side. And a couple months later, it was November. So now this is like the whole year of 2017. So it's November. It's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And my husband and I are watching Stranger Things. And it gets to episode four. And I didn't really want to watch it. Like, wasn't into the show. And I was like, I'm going to go work on my ancestry stuff. You watch it. So I sat at the kitchen table. I opened up the stuff. And it's then that I see the matches section. I, I don't, I why that was never revealed to me, I have no idea. I never saw it. Oh. And I clicked on it. And of course, like you, a bunch of names I didn't know. But I knew for a fact two people on my father's side had done their ancestry. And they didn't show up on my list. And I had their usernames. And when I went to them, it said, you're not a match or they didn't take a test. And I knew they took a test. And wow. I knew right then. I absolutely knew right then. I called everybody I knew. I'm like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. Why am I not matching? Why am I not matching? And I am very close with the father that raised me. I never thought, like you, I didn't have suspicions. But I always felt like I didn't fit. And I don't look like anybody in my family. So my mother has hazel eyes, my father has brown eyes, my brother has hazel, my sister has brown, I have blue. So that was like the, the first, and blonde hair. I don't look like anyone. I look like my mom, I don't look like my dad, I don't look like my sister. We're the, like growing up, I'm like, we don't look like, I'll explain. We, like, you know how families, like you can tell they're related? We right. were not that family. Like we look, we were just handpicked from people on the street. We didn't match. <laughs> so it was the running joke that I was the milk, milkman's kid. The running joke. Did you seriously think that or, or wonder that as a child or did you just kind of was we it a joked joke? about it we joked about it we joked yeah. about it I never really thought he wasn't my father that mm -hmm. never we just joked about it and I looked so much like my mom that that explained it mm -hmm. but when that happened and my father didn't coupled with what echoed in my ear from my father telling me in March people do that and find out things they don't want to know my father didn't outright deny things. My mother was on vacation with her best friend and wouldn't answer my phone call, wouldn't respond to any of my text messages. But her friends texted me to say, oh, honey, of course that's your father and blah, blah, blah. People told me the lab must make a mistake. I'm like, this is a billion dollar company. Pretty sure they're not making mistakes in their labs like this. Yeah. So I had the denial of everybody around me. 
Um, so that was on a Sunday. That next week, my mother was out of the country, and my dad and I did a paternity test. And he willingly participated in it with me. Me and my sister, so I was raised, I'm the youngest. I'm still the youngest, we'll get to that. Um, but my sister and I, my father all went out to dinner and he said, I'm, I'm not entirely surprised. Your mom partied a lot. She went to Brooklyn. I don't know what she did. Um, there was a time that my mom partied a lot and before I was born and my father was like, like, this has to change. I'm not your babysitter for you to party on weekends. So I think my father always knew that was a possibility, but like nothing ever that we, you know, actually talked about. So did the paternity test, results came in, absolutely weren't, were not, had my first ever panic attack. And it was like I was coming outside of my body. So I just showed up at the house the next day and parked my car on the side so my mother wouldn't see my car and just blindsided her, which I kind of wish I hadn't done, but I didn't know what to do. It was coming out of my body. It's coming out of my skin. You just wanted answers. Yeah. 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 And um, I'll never get them from her because she's just as shocked as I was. Oh, really? That's, oh, yeah, yeah. And that's the response I get from people. What? Yeah, she had no clue. Absolutely no clue. No clue. And then when I wanted, I'm like, well, I'm going to find out who this is. Like, there was never a doubt. I'm like, I, and I didn't have close matches. My close match was a third cousin. Like, I didn't have close matches. So that year, I became an expert in genealogy and sent organs and how to build trees and all of that stuff. But she gave me nothing, and she didn't want me to pursue it. It was like, okay, well, we're just not going to talk about this now. Like, you're fine. You had a great life. You had a great dad. And we're just put it to bed and stop asking questions. Like, keep it moving was really how everybody was. Wow. Did she acknowledge that she had been with other people? Like, So that's so, as I'm working on figuring this out, I asked her that. I asked her one day, I said, were you having an affair? And she said, not then. Now, cut to, when I had this done, when this found out, my sister went and did her DNA too. Because she's like, this has to be a mistake. I'm going to go do my DNA, right? Mm-hmm. Literally a month later, on December 26th of 2017, her stuff comes back in. We're a half-sister, and she's got so much more Italian than she should have, and she's not matching stuff. So my mom says, not then. I tell her that. She comes clean with everything about my sister. So my sister's not my father's either. <gasps> Your sister's an NPE too. Yes. Wow. Now, now, so now we can't, like, but we're not going to tell my father, right? What's going to happen to him if he finds out two of his kids are not his, right? We're not going to hurt him with that. But my mom comes clean with everything with my sister. So my sister and I are both NPEs, but our stories couldn't be any different. And our lives are different. I'm not a mother. She has children. She's a cancer survivor. I'm not a cancer survivor. She's processed this in a completely different way than I have. So I ended up finding out who my father was a year later. To the day. To the day. To the day I found out. How? Um, so in so six months later, in May of 2018, a, a, um, it popped up as a first cousin, but then it, it, you had to use a different, if it was a first cousin, it could be many other DNA relationships. Right. So it could have been a first cousin, it could be a half niece, it could be a half aunt, but it just had initials. I hounded the woman who was in charge of this person's account for months. <laughs> Um, explaining my situation. And it was like, I just, if you could just give me some great grandparents, I can track it back. And when she gave me this person's great grandparents, which the person ended up being my half niece. So this is my half brother's wife that I'm communicating with. Okay. When she gave me the grandparents, they were already in my tree that I was building to figure out who my father was. And so then I got the name. 
So you got some confirmation. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So then of course I asked my mother, she doesn't know, the name doesn't sound familiar, blah, 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 blah. And then it was like, okay, well now what do I do? I have the information. Now you go to the next thing and you know this, right? Do you make contact? Do you write the letter? How do you write the letter? What do you do? Um, you, you, you research everybody on, on social media and you, you, you look, you know, you, you stalk everybody to figure out. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I find out, so my, so my biological father, so I'm 41 right now, he'll be turning 85 this year. So my mother was 29 conceiving and he was 42. Mm. Huge age gap. Yeah. Um, I, he's not online. He has a very, um, it's not a traditional Jewish last name. Because, of course, it got changed as all generations down. So he has no social media. But I was able to find out I do have three half-siblings on that side. And things started to match, finally. Like, I'm the first person in the family I was raised in to um, pursue education. Everyone on that side has a master's degree. I was very into, like, law. Two of them are attorneys. Like, it was all, all the things started to make sense. And then I was like, ooh. People I looked like, finally. I right. found a picture of my half-sister. I looked like her. I found pictures of her kids. I looked like that. So I ended up writing my father a letter. Never heard from him. And then I kind of went back and forth of like, okay, like people are still going to find out. People are still going to be putting their stuff into Ancestry DNA. People are eventually going to find out. Instead, it was like, do I tell? Do I not tell? Do I contact the siblings? Do I not? So I contacted the brother and explained my situation because it was his wife that helped me with everything. Right. And he wrote back and he said, go F yourself. Are you kidding? It's like, it's like, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So, so then I, my last tip checker, I was like, well, I just, I would want to know if I had a sibling and just, I was so sick of keeping secrets and all of that sort of stuff. So then I emailed the two sisters and I ended up making contact with the older sister. She wanted to know things. We had conversations on the phone and it was going kind of okay. Um, and I went up, they lived, so I was, I'm from Long Island, New York. So this is where like my biological father was from. And one of the sisters is still up there. So we agreed to meet and let's see, this would be October of 2019. And we met, we met for dinner. It was lovely. It was, it, it went really well. And then I never heard from her again. I texted her days would go by, weeks would go by. And then I just, I just never heard from her. Wow. What did you talk about at that dinner? She showed me pictures of our father, my father, pictures, um, talked about what time was like back then. She told me about her childhood, what her father was like. She talked a little bit about telling her daughters and their reaction, kind of like the whole process of finding out. They wanted to know about me. So we kind of kept it light, but she was, she seemed excited and wanting to kind of keep those up, but again, not knowing how to, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm, my, my assumption is her processing put her in a different space, right? One of her daughters, it, was, it felt disrespectful because the mother was still alive and he had cheated on the mother because they were married at the time. So okay. there was just lots of layers, but we talked about the ancestry stuff and we just, we talked about our, you know, our childhoods and, you know, I talked about my father and my mother and their response throughout the whole thing and just what it was like and... They told me a little bit about, um, they told me to watch Fiddler on the Roof. They said that would explain a lot about, like, the first thing I sat down, she was like, so you're Jewish. I was like, I know. <laughs> um, it, it, but it was nice. We yeah. did take a picture. It was nice. And then it, it just, it, it went nowhere. Which I did a lot of processing to know that that could be a possibility. Like, I really had to do a lot of, 
a lot of processing before I went to not have expectations. So right. sometimes that hurts, but I'm okay because that's her decision. None of us asked for this. And then that makes her relationship with her father even more difficult. So right. it's, it's just so, it's just layers upon layers upon layers upon layers upon layers. Yeah, for sure. So what, what did you learn or did you learn anything about your father? So what I learned was I could not have grown up with a better father than I had. The father that I grew up with was amazing and, and until 2020, but it was amazing. And I realized I was really lucky. So my oldest sister didn't have a really great relationship, she said, with her father. She said he wasn't educated. She said that he, she called him very unsophisticated is the word that she said. She said he wasn't very open-minded. Um, he was racist. Um, but she did say that he was very charismatic and mm -hmm. funny um, and charming. And that was, and, and that was kind of it. She's always been closer with her mom. She could never ask him about this. But after learning about him, I mean, they didn't have a great relationship. I was like, wow, like I really grew up with a wonderful, wonderful dad. And I've always said that in my entire life. So I was, I was kind of grateful. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you would still like to connect with your biological father? You know, I've never really answered that, asked myself that because I just assumed it wasn't a possibility. Mm -hmm. But I think yes, because one thing that I do see myself do, because his wife does have so, has social media. Of course, it's private, but I was able to see a couple of different pictures of like when he was younger and older. When he's no longer on this earth, I would like to go visit his grave. So yeah, I think I do want to connect. I think that's natural to want to sit across from the person that made you. What was your reaction when your brother told you to F off? Oh my God, I felt like somebody punched me in the gut. Um, and then I kind of like just wrote back really fast, like, same to you. Like, this was your dad that did this. Like, this wasn't me. Like, and thanks to your wife for helping me put the whole thing together. <laughs> um, but it's, but what I learned about that is, which is very interesting too, he has no relationship with the father. And so the oldest sister was really confused when his wife encouraged me to write to him and share this. She hasn't spoken to her brother in years, but she called him after finding this out. He told her that I lied and made up the whole thing and I'm crazy and blah, 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 which of course I had the screenshots of the messages and ancestry to prove everything. So I do wonder, as many people in our groups have, if the money thing was part of it, because mm. they're all, it's a, he's, extremely wealthy. Um, my biological father is extremely wealthy and my siblings are extremely wealthy. And so I don't, so when I actually wrote to the sisters, I put in there like, this has nothing to do with about money. This has to do with about the truth and knowing things and your children might do ancestry and find out there's a weird aunt in there. And so I tried to make that quite clear. Um, but I do wonder if that's a piece of it. Yeah. I, I hear that often, just like you, that there's concern about money. And even though from most of our perspectives and every NPE I've spoken to, we are just looking for connection, not money. So my running joke to deal with that rejection is, I hope y'all don't ever need a kidney. <laughs> like, I just joke. Like, I hope yeah. you don't need a kidney, right? Like, like I'm, I'm, I am your biological half-sister. Like, you can't, like, DNA does not lie. You can't really deny that. Right. You learned then that your biological father was significantly older than your mother at the time that she got pregnant. Yes. 
has she come clean at all anymore for your story? You, you mentioned that she came clean to your sister about what happened with her. Nope. Even when I showed her pictures, the name, nothing. So I've learned a lot about my mom through this process. She's a narcissist and she's an alcoholic and it's hard to have a relationship with her. Um, and so I actually have not, I decided to not have a relationship with my mom in February of 2020 because she returned to drinking. She was very close to having cirrhosis. So I just didn't want to deal with that. And then there was a huge blow up fight in August of 2020. And so I no longer talked to either of them. So I don't talk to my mother. I don't talk to my father. It's created quite a wedge in the immediate family, but also the extended family because certain people still don't know the truth. And when you don't talk to your parents, you're looked at as the villain. Mm. Um, so lots of things. So because my parents and I can't feel be in the same room, and because I'm the truth teller and I'm vocal, um, my nieces and nephews have had, and they just found out, but they've had to experience consequences that I don't feel they should have. So last year was my brother's daughter's high school graduation. And my parents chose not to go because I was going. And that felt awful to mm -hmm. me. And this year, which has caused my sister and I to not speak, is she's not having a graduation party for her daughter because she doesn't want to put the three of us in a room. And so I'm like, I, I, I don't, I, I did the ancestry. I'm really sorry that I, that I did that. I'm sorry that I uncovered a secret and something that I didn't do that has had all these ripple effects. I have been labeled as the bad guy and innocent people now are getting hurt by it. And so really just a couple a month ago, I decided to really put some distance in with the family that I was raised with so that that doesn't keep coming back on me because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. I'm in therapy. We're in, where my husband and I are in marriage therapy, how to deal with this. And my family's really unhealthy. My mother's very controlling. And so not only have I, did I lose my father the first time, right? By the ancestry. Then I lost him again in 2020. And then I lost this biological father who doesn't want to connect. And I don't have that family. And one by one, I keep losing family members that I grew up with. Mm. So it's for me, like nothing positive has come of this. Like if I could go back, I would have never done it. So you do regret taking the test? Most days I do. Wow. Because it's caused me just to have more questions about myself, right? So I don't know, and this is part of why I wanted to tell my story because I don't tell it enough and it's so emotional, is that I don't know how I'm here. I don't know if it was a loving affair. I don't know if it was rape. I don't know if it was a one night stand. I don't know what it was. So part of me is like, why was I put on this earth? I struggle with that a lot. What is my purpose? Mm -hmm. And now what am I supposed to do with this? Why was this revealed to me? I, I didn't, I, I wanted to find out more about my family. And in doing this, I lost it. Mm -hmm. And my family is the Facebook groups. And people like you who get it because mm -hmm. to everybody else, it's okay, move on. You've had a great childhood. What is the problem? The problem is I don't know who I am. That's the problem. Right. Well, I just, I want to validate for you that you didn't do anything wrong by taking the test. Like this was the truth that always existed. I know. I know. I have to tell myself I bought a box of Cheerios and there were snakes in them. And I had no idea. That was not my intention. I know that, but the feeling of 
oh, wow, I, this is what I uncovered. It's so, it's a daily thing to tell myself I didn't, I didn't cause this. I uncovered it, but I sure as hell didn't cause it. No. But I paid the price for every sin and everything that my mother did. I paid for it. Is the reason why your father, your raised father is distant from you this or did something else happen? And you don't have to, you know, share those details, but. My mother's best friend, she was like an aunt to us. and. Throughout this entire process, my sister and I have reached out to her for support and help, and she's not been there. So I just don't have much use for her. But I also found out that she introduced my mother to my sister's birth father. So I don't have a lot of respect for this woman. So in August of 2020, it was my father's 70th birthday, and I did a, a video. I did like a birthday video. I got everyone to send me clips. My husband put it together. And I chose, my sister and I chose not to include this aunt who thinks that she's my parents' best friend. But if you're my best friend of my dad, you would not have encouraged my mother to cheat on him. But anyway. Right. And I did a viewing on Facebook. And this woman went off on me. Now, she knows everything about this situation. But she went off on me on Facebook because I didn't include her in the video. And so she called me all kinds of names and, and things. And the next morning, now I hadn't spoken to my mom for like six months at this point. The next morning, I FaceTimed my dad. And my mother came on and went off on me that I didn't include this woman in the video, my mother called me a bitch. She told me to go F myself and my husband lost his shit. So at this point, my husband has been seeing how my mom's abused me for two years mm -hmm. with like not being comforting and nurturing and how my family really hasn't been supportive with the process. And when my mother said that to me, my husband lost his shit and went off on my mom. And that has what caused, that's what's caused this whole thing. So because in my father's eyes, my husband disrespected his wife and has not apologized. We are cut out. But really, it was a nice way for my mom to just further push me out so her secrets can stay protected. Right. right. But what oh. I did was I told everyone in the family after that. And that's when I decided I wasn't going to keep it a secret anymore. Because I'm keeping it a secret. I'm holding it. It's making me sick. Like I have, like, I have physical things happen to me because like, I developed issues physically because of the stress of this. So that's when I decided I'm going to start telling my story. And I decided to doing this podcast as part of that and um, posting things and being more vocal in groups. And that's when I decided I wasn't going to keep it a secret anymore. Right. Because what was it doing? Can you talk more about how you've been affected as a result of this? So I developed anxious bladder syndrome, which was real fun. Oh. Um, TMJ. I lost a lot of weight. Um, I drank more. I have PTSD and I've always had depression, but it's been a lot worse since finding all of this stuff out. And I'm just not the same person. Right. And in 2017, like there were no resources. Like I didn't know anybody this happened to. It wasn't until I was in, uh, I was actually in New York at the time and Good Morning America did a story and I don't think it was Danny Shapiro. I think it was Catherine St. Clair who was on there. And they did a story and they talked about the Facebook group. And I had three people tell me about it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I really started to like get some healing because I joined that group and I got to hear other people's stories. And at that point, I think it was just one podcast. I think it was Danny Shapiro's, which I don't know if it's called Family Secrets. But mm -hmm. now like there's so many support groups and there's so many podcasts, which I think is great because... Um, this, if you do DNA, 
ancestry and you don't find a secret, you're in the minority. Yeah. And so now people know about that and there's resources, which I'm really, really grateful for. But there wasn't that when this first came out for me. Yeah. Yeah. You talked about how you had to do some processing and things before you connected with your newfound half-sister. What are some of the things you did to process? I worked with a therapist. Um, and we just, we, we kind of hashed out, like if you, if you, um, well, we did a lot around the father, which really helped with the other siblings. But if you are going to do this, it has to be with no expectation. You have to be okay with, with nothing, getting nothing back. And so it was just a series of writing letters and processing them and figuring out which, how I'm going to send that and what I'm going to do. I'm an external processor, so I have to talk things out. So really just session after session of, would you want to know? Like, I remember asking people, if you had a kid out there, would you want to know? Would you want to know? Like, I would, I kind of would want to know. Like, because again, there's no right answer, yeah. right? Yeah. So it was just, it, it was a lot of talking out. And at the end of the day, what, what do I feel okay with? And what's going to have me have no regrets? Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to regret he's dead and I never did write a letter? Right, because you see that in the groups too. Well, I didn't yes. have the opportunity, right? So, but it was really like you have to be at okay, like you have to have zero expectations. And so it was really having gratitude. Like, there's people who still don't know who their birth father is. I figured that out building trees off of third cousins. Like, I've always wanted just a name, and I got so much more. And so I, it was it really was just processing and in session and being validated and writing letters and if I, if I do this decision, let me walk through, how's that going to feel? How am I going to think? What's that going to do? Do I share it with, you know, do I tell my mother I'm doing that? So it was just a lot of therapy and writing really. And I'm glad that I did that because I don't, it's rejection. Yes. But that's also their choice, right? Like maybe he really never knew about me and who am I to disrupt this person's life. Right. So I get that piece of it too. So I really am okay at the end of the day because he misses out on knowing of his daughter. Right. Right. He misses out on that. Right. So it, but it takes a lot of work to get yourself in that space. Mm-hmm. You touched on being in uh, marriage counseling with your husband to help kind yes. of work through this. How, yeah. one thing I haven't really talked about with any other guests is how has this affected your marriage? So uh, it's, it's interesting. I used to say, um, this week's been a little different, but it was, it brought us closer. It really did bring us closer. He was, he's, he's seen it all. So he was really, he's really a good person to be like, this is really how it went, right? Yes. Yes. That's exactly how that went. That's crazy. They, 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 they should not have done that. So that's been helpful. But it takes a toll because, for example, when I found out, my, when my sister said to me, you're part of the reason I'm not having a party for our niece. It put, like, I get better at not being triggered, but it puts me in such a place. So he has to deal with seeing me depressed because there's weekends where I'm also a therapist. So I'll see, 20, like, I'll see 25 people a week, right, in private practice doing all of that and mm-hmm. having to keep my stuff separate. And then I have something like that happen. It just takes it out of me. And so I'm just like, but I don't like, I, I will be frozen on the weekend sometimes or sitting on the couch and like no energy, not able to do stuff. And that's hard for him. 
um, where he's two weeks ago, he's like, it's like watching a dumpster fire. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, I can't fix it. I can't fix it. And it's awful. So then you feel bad, right? You mm-hmm. feel bad. You say better for worse, but no one's like, yo, 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 that worse is going to be this. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And yeah. He, was, he was close with my father. So for him, like, it's been a loss for him. So um, it's brought us closer together, but it's also a hardship because like I said, there's no end to this. And it's, it's grief after grief and loss after loss. And that is hard for a partner to watch another partner go through. So in therapy, it's how do we communicate? How do we, how does he support me? How do we have cutoffs? So I don't talk about it for five hours, um, which has been really, really helpful. Um, but it does affect a marriage. And I'm so grateful that he is supportive because some people, you know, in some marriages, it's like, okay, well, I don't understand why your dad saw your dad, like get over, like they don't get it. Right. Um, so, but we had to, because I didn't know how to navigate certain things. I didn't, I didn't know what, I didn't know what it was. It was really challenging. So I wanted really my whole family to get into therapy. Um, but that, that didn't quite work. Were they resistant to that? Yeah. My mother was super resistant. Um, my sister was, I don't, what is that going to do? I don't see why I have to keep talking about it. Like, I'm not like you. And it's like, no, but you, you, you are though. Like it, she's in the middle right? Because mm-hmm. she still talks to my parents, but I don't talk to them. So it's, but nobody wanted to, they didn't understand why that needed to happen. It's fine. You're still our sister. We still love you. That's what everybody says. Mm. Even when the kids find out you're still our aunt, we still love you. Okay. But that's, you know, there's more to it than that. Yeah. That's not, that's not totally the point here. Right. Like I know I'm still me. I know my dad's still my dad. It's, 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 it's all the things that people hear when someone dies yes. that are not helpful. It's yes. the same thing. It's just yep. the same thing. So, so yeah, but marriage, yeah, marriage. So I'm in, so marriage therapy and regular therapy and I do therapy. It's a, it's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot. It is. Where would you say you're at now? I mean, you said most days you still regret taking the test. Overall, you know, how do your days feel? Um, well, with this recent thing of the graduation of my other niece coming up, it's, it's honestly like another layer of like, how do I navigate this? Right. Because if you're not having a party, I'm expected to go to a graduation. How is that different? I'll still be around them. So it's still unknown. It's still grief. I know I can't go back and undo the test. So it's kind of like how I'm trying to figure out how do I move forward? Cause I don't know what that looks like. And I still haven't spent time really figuring out what it means to be Jewish. So that's something I would like to do that I think would help, but it still feels like I'm in survival mode most days, trying to hold my head above water. That's mm. what it feels like. And it, and it feels like it will be like that until, unfortunately, they're not here on this earth anymore. That's how it feels. Have you done any exploration? Like, you know, I, I think on... Uh, one of the first episodes, somebody was like, I'm looking for like a Judaism 101 class, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> have you found anything, any resources that might help you get in touch with that part of your ethnicity? Yes. So there's tons of, um, so there's like a subgroup of one of the Facebook groups that I'm in uh, with Jewish heritage. Um, and there's a couple of different books. I do want to watch the movie Fiddler on the Roof, but it is three hours. And that oh, is wow. really long, right? And I'm like, I barely made it through Titanic. I don't know that I want to watch it three hours. So um, I do. I've thought about 
maybe going to the synagogue here in our town. Um, I do. I've got, I grew, I grew all my friends were Jewish growing up. So I do have resources. I just, it's going to take time and energy to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just haven't put kind of forth for the effort into that piece yet. Yeah. It's yeah. more, how am I going to navigate having relationships with my nieces and nephews with big events that they're going to want their grandparents and their aunts at that I don't want to be a part. Like I'm trying to navigate with that pieces looking like. Yeah. What do you hope for the future with your raised family and your, your newfound family? I know it's been very quiet with the newfound family, but do you have any hopes or, you know, dreams? I, I, I don't, um, like I said, I would love to, you know, visit his grave, um, whenever that happens, but no, I don't even think about like if other nieces will go, you know, do their ancestry and con- I don't have any expectations or hopes. Um, it's just nice to know, like, at least I met her, I touched her. Um, and I still can like look from afar and see things, but I don't have hopes. I don't have expectations. Yeah. No, and I'm okay with that. Like that's, that's good. With the family that I'm raised with, um, my hope is that we can go back to how it was, but that will never happen. My hope is I would, I would like to reconcile with my father one day, but I don't envision that happening until he's on his deathbed. And I would love my brother and sister to have my back a little bit. If, my mother did to them what she did to me that day. I would never be like, okay, well, I'm going to still have a relationship with them and we'll just pretend like you're over here. Like I, I just would not do that. So that's hurtful. Mm-hmm. And my sister and I are very close and this has been really challenging for us to navigate. Um, so my hope is that one day her and I can be close again, but I don't see any, I don't see any reconciliation or any of that happening until but honestly, my mother's not on this earth. She is a narcissist through and through. And the power that she has is just, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Mm. You said that your sister has processed this very differently than you. Um, yes. What, what has she done to navigate her NPE experience? Nothing. Okay. Not like I have found pictures of her siblings and her nieces and nephews and I think part of her is in denial because I have a piece of paper of the maternity test that shows I'm not his. She doesn't have that. She's got my mother's story. She's got the DNA that she can go in and look that she doesn't match people. But I think for her, there's still a piece of denial because she'll still be like, I look like daddy. Mm. So, and he doesn't know. So, but as far as like, she doesn't feel like she needs to go to therapy to talk about it. Um, she didn't want to tell her children. She ended up telling her children a couple of weeks ago, but that was because me, Aunt Chris, threw a fit about the party, right? So that was a convenient excuse to tell them. But she's not processed anything, and she says she's good. She doesn't want to know. My father's my father, and da 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 da, da. But everything about her stuff is different. Like, she loves being Italian. She found out she was 80% Italian. I'd probably be really happy, too. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've got to figure out what it means to be Jewish, and I, I look like, I, and, and then people say, oh, you don't look Jewish. It's like, oh my God, what, what do I look like? What is that? What does that even mean? What's a Jewish person right, look like? Right. So she told, like her is totally different. Her and her husband, her husband, they fought a lot with stuff. Um, but she hasn't done, she's not in any of the support groups, didn't, didn't do therapy with it. Um, 
she just, my, my, my sister's all about, um, almost like toxic positivity. Well, I'm just going to be positive and we're just going to keep moving on. Right. And that's kind of like how, like my family is like, you don't, if you're upset about something, you don't even tell people you're upset. You smile and you keep moving because if not, that's a problem for people. I just, I've never been wired that way, but she hasn't done anything to process it and doesn't feel like she needs to. What advice would you give a parent who is keeping a DNA surprise from their child? Oh, to tell them, get into therapy and figure out how to tell them, get into therapy, work out your guilt, work out your shame, work whatever you have out and figure out how to tell the child because something in them already knows. I always knew something was off. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know if it was my depression. I didn't know if it was, and this is what it was. They know your body holds on to trauma. Even, even children who are adopted, like you're, you grew in someone's body for nine months and now you're ripped away and you don't hear their voice again. That trauma stays in the body. Your hippocampus isn't developed for you to have the memory, but children know. So get into therapy, figure it out, tell your child, it will be the best thing for that relationship. You don't want them to find out any other way and you have to answer for that. That's awful. And there's so many books and so many resources now, seriously. Tell them now. They can handle it. Tell them now. Children are so resilient. Tell them now. Don't wait till they're an adult. What advice would you give to someone who just found out that they're an NPE? Get a therapist who, who like knows about this because um, I've heard some horror stories and get into some support groups. There's no greater healing in the beginning to know that you're not alone. Like even that. Like I said, I could be having a horrible day. Like I'm still not in a great space, but I know I can go in that group and get tons of love and encouragement that will get me through a day. You need that. You have to have that. You have to have that. And there's so many more resources out there. There's books now of what to do. So reach out, find it, get a therapist and talk, 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 talk it out. Don't keep it in. Well, Kristen, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. I hope that, you know, you continue to work towards peace and, you know, hopefully things will improve with your raised family and, you know, who knows what the future holds with your newfound family, but whatever happens, I hope that you find peace with it. Thanks again to Kristen for sharing her DNA surprise story. If you have a story that you'd like to share, please email dnasurprises at gmail.com. And if you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You'll help us reach even more NPEs and people experiencing a DNA surprise. Until next time.